Alright, alright. Welcome to the first episode of Drop Pass Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day. At least I am. Because NHL playoffs are underway. This episode will be dedicated to the NHL playoffs and more precisely East and North Division matchups. We will break down and go through the respective teams as well as the key points factoring in each matchup. So, without a further ado, let's get going. First, we will take a look at number one seed Pittsburgh Penguins against fourth seed New York Islanders. The season series between these two teams ended in a 6-2 win for the Penguins and I see this matchup as Penguin speed against the Islanders solid defensively structured style of play. The aim is to smother the opposing team for three periods and strike back with man advantage situations. For the Penguins, the question mark will be their goaltending as well as their defense. Cody Ceci and Mike Matheson have exceeded the expectations this season, but previous years in Ottawa and Florida haven't been as productive as this one. So the hope for the Penguins will be that they can be relied upon in the postseason as well. And also, their goaltending is a bit of a concern. Both of their netminders are quite inexperienced in playoffs. Then comes the question of which Islanders team can we expect to see in the playoffs? The smothering four-line two-way team or the passive bunch of players who couldn't provide offensively, which showed up from time to time during the regular season. They also haven't won a playoff team in over a month, except for the first game of this series when they won the Penguins 4-3. They have the sixth best penalty kill in the league, so the question will be can they shut down the Penguins' power play after the addition of Yevgeny Malkin to their top power play unit once he's back. For the Penguins, Brandon Tanev came back from his injury, just like Gino did, who played in four games at the end of the season and notched four points in those games. So the expectation is there for Malkin to keep producing for the Pens in the postseason as well. The Crosby factory is still there, and their top line of Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby and Brian Rust outscored the other East Division teams 71 to 37. They had the fourth best power play, but on the flip side, they were the fourth worst penalty killing team this season. Ron Hextall and Brian Burke added Jeff Carter from the Kings to bring playoff experience as well as depth scoring to their team at the deadline. And 
he played in 14 games in which he scored nine goals and added two assists. But the biggest question mark for the Penguins will be their goaltending. Tristan Jerry had a record of 25 wins, nine losses and three overtime losses. Had a save percentage of 0.909, 2.75 goals against average. And his goal saved above average was 1.2. Their 1B, Casey DeSmith, had a record of 11 wins and 7 losses, 0.912 save percentage, and 2.54 goals against average. His goal saved above average was 2.0. Both netminders had some injury concerns at the end of the season, and both guys are not experienced in the postseason either. Tristan Jerry has only started for one game in the playoffs. So this could eventually be the make or break point for the Penguins playoff hopes. The Islanders have otherwise healthy lineup. The only missing key is their captain Anders Lee, who will be out for the remainder of the season. This will leave a big hole in their top six and he will be missed if the Islanders advance to the latest stages of the playoffs. They have solid goaltending tandem in Ilya Sorokin and, in my opinion, one of the Vesna candidates this season, Semyon Varlamov, who had one of the best seasons of his career. Like the first game of this series showed, they can rely on both goaltenders when needed, and one of the reasons why they can depend on both goaltenders is also the fact that they have one of the best, if not, the best shutdown pairing in the NHL, Adam Pelek with Ryan Pulock. These two guys will rack up ice time against the Penguins' top two lines, and it will be interesting to see which of these two comes out on top at the end. And in my opinion, Matthew Barzal has to be the leading force for the Islanders' offense, especially because they will be without their captain. He has to be the key contributor. And if he can do that, I don't see the Islanders advancing very far in this year's playoffs. They also added some depth pieces to their lineup at the deadline by bringing in Travis Sajak and Kyle Palmieri from the Devils in hopes of bringing playoff experience to the Islanders lineup. And Palmieri already scored twice in the first match, so... He's been contributing already, but still the concern for me is their lack of goal scoring. They have plenty of two-way depth in the lineup, but can they produce enough offense to go far in these playoffs, especially when compared to the 2018 Washington Capitals, which was also coached by Barry Trotz. They had deep lineup but they also had highly productive top two lines, which the Islanders are currently lacking in my mind. So it will be interesting to see how things turn out in this matchup because the Islanders are usually underestimated before the playoffs and their fan base has been waiting for their success for a long time now. The second matchup in the East Division, which is also already underway, is the second seed Washington Capitals against the third seed Boston Bruins and this season series ended in a 4-4 tie 
Both teams have winning credentials as well as experience in deep playoff runs. And it showed in their first two matchups already, which were very physical and heated. The biggest concern for the Caps will be their health, since they have many players which suffered injuries at the back end of the season. And their starting goaltender Vitek Vanecek was pulled in the first period of the first match because of an injury. Craig Anderson took the crease after that and won the game for the Capitals. And he started the second game as well. But that still doesn't take away the fact that they will need a healthy number one goalie in order to go far in these playoffs. This matchup will be the Capitals number three power play against the Bruins number two penalty kill. And you also have to keep in mind that the Bruins can also be lethal in shorthanded situations. They were, after all, the most productive shorthanded team in the league this season, alongside Montreal with nine shorthanded goals. The Capitals, like I mentioned before, have had some injuries. Michael Kempney will be out for the rest of the season. And also Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, John Carlson, Nicholas Beckstrom and Justin Schultz have all been out of the lineup because of injury problems. And in addition to those, Yevgeny Kuznetsov and Ilya Samsonov are on COVID protocol once again, which is fairly concerning for the Capitals in my mind. At the end of the day, the question will be, are they healthy enough to fight through injuries and go far in the playoffs? Because in my opinion, this doesn't seem like a success story because of the amount of riddling injuries especially at the back end of the season their game after all is based upon their physical style of play combined with high amount of skill and that type of game takes a toll especially in the playoffs they have solid depth and they have three lines which can contribute offensively as well as the addition of Anthony Manta from the Red Wings, who has provided the lineup with more offensive firepower, as well as their second power play unit. They have very solid defense. In the offseason, they added Geno Chara to their lineup. And it will be interesting to see him match up against his former team in the first round. The goaltending still is a big concern, like I mentioned before. Vanacek who had a record of 21 wins, 10 losses, and 4 overtime losses. Save percentage was 0.908, goals against average of 2.69, and his goal saved above average was minus 0.1. On the other hand, Ilya Samsonov had a record of 13 wins, 4 losses, and 1 overtime loss. Save percentage was 0.902, 2.69 goals against average, and his goal saved above average was minus 3.1. And like I said, he's currently in the COVID protocol and unable to play for the Caps. How healthy he is and what is the level of play once he comes back and also how serious the injury for Vanecek eventually is. The last thing I wanted to mention for the Capitals is the Evgeny Kuznetsov struggles this season. He played 41 games, had 9 goals and 20 assists. 
last year his point average was 0.83 and this season it has dropped to 0.71 and he has been out of their lineup because of covid protocol so the same question how healthy he will be once he comes back and can he also bounce back from the underwhelming season in the playoffs he will need to be a key contributor if the Caps want to have games in June as well. For Boston, John Moore will be out for the season. The good thing for the Bees is the return of Brandon Carlo. He will play heavy minutes in the second pairing alongside Mike Riley and provide shutdown ability as well as physicality to their back end. The Bruins now have prolific top two lines after the acquisition of Taylor Hall at the deadline, who provided them with 8 goals and 6 assists in 16 games, and is expected to make an impact in the playoffs as well. After the deadline, Bruins' second line has been providing them with almost similar offensive numbers to their top line, which can be at the same time a good thing, but also show that their top line has slowed down a bit. But still, Brad Marchand in 53 games scored 69 points, so not bad total at all. They have solid defense and have good combination of offensive as well as defensive capability in their pairings. Especially after the addition of Mike Riley from the Senators, who had 8 assists in 15 games once he came to Boston. Also, Matt Grislyk has filled the gap left by the departure of Jory Krug in the last offseason. Boston's recurring issue is the inability to consistently provide offense on 5-on-5 situations and it will be key to their success in the postseason. They also need dead scoring from their bottom six. Andre Kashe came back and the hope is that Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle can turn things around in the playoffs and DeBrusque showed already that he might be ready for the playoffs by notching a goal in each of their two first matches. Lastly, I wanted to mention David Pasternak's playoff production, which has been outstanding. In 54 games, he has 22 goals and 33 assists, and this kind of contribution will be needed once again if the Bruins want to go deep this year. For predictions of these two series... I see the Penguins breaking the lock and finally advancing over the Islanders in seven games. And for the second matchup, I see the Bruins fighting through and getting out of the first round in six games based on the injury concerns for the Caps as well as their goaltending issue. Next, we will move on to the North Division and started by taking a look at the number one seed. Toronto Maple Leafs against fourth seed Montreal Canadiens matchup. This matchup will be a hard-fought battle between the Maple Leaf skill against the Canadiens grinding type of playstyle. This is also one of the most anticipated matchups because of the historic rivalries and the hope that the Canadiens could eventually beat the Maple Leafs just because of the fact that how much attention and noise it could produce if the first seed Maple Leafs 
wouldn't be able to advance over the fringe playoff team from the weakest division. The season series between these two teams ended up 7-3 for the Leafs. Goaltending in this matchup can be the deciding factor as both teams faced adversity in the crease this season. Jack Campbell will start for the Leafs and the expectation for the Canadians is that Carey Price will be starter even if Allen starts the first matchup. Leafs also have two capable backups in Freddie Anderson and David Riddick. Anderson being the second in line if Campbell struggles. But the hope for the Leafs is that Jack Campbell can drag them far this year since he had an outstanding season once he became the starter for the Leafs. Both Habs goaltenders have been average this season and Price had one of the worst seasons in his career. But it still doesn't erase the fact that he almost single-handedly won the series for the Canadians last year against the Penguins. And I think the Leafs are aware of that. The concerns for the Canadians surround their offense. Can they find tools to provide offensively? as well as who will step up. Both teams have middle-of-the-pack power play and penalty kills, and especially Toronto has been struggling as of late in the power play, but I expect Toronto to elevate their power play numbers in the playoffs, because it will be needed. For Toronto, Jack Bogosian, and Zach Hyman should be back once the playoffs start for them. And also Riley Nash should be in their starting 12 in the opening night. Only concerns for the Leafs postseason success I see are their goaltending and the previous history in the playoffs. Campbell isn't experienced in the playoff hockey and Freddie hasn't been outstanding during the crunch time. So it will be interesting to see if the Leafs have learned from their past experience and slayed their demons to finally make a deep playoff run, which the city of Toronto has been expecting from their poster boy for years now. Otherwise, I don't see many concerns regarding the Leafs. Austin Matthews, 41 tucks in 52 games. Yeah, shock. They have depth in their offense as well as defense now that they have solid top four. Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin being one of the best shutdown pairs in the NHL this season. And they also have relatively reliable bottom pair after the addition of last year's Stanley Cup champion Jack Bakosen in the offseason. If the Leafs get out of the first round and want to get to the later rounds, their secondary scoring has to step up and their defense will show their true colors once they come up against faster and much more physical teams. Canadians, on the other hand, have few missing players. Jonathan Duran will most likely be out from this series due to personal reasons. Philippe Deneau has recovered from the concussion but hasn't been as prolific as last year. The hope is that he will rise his offensive production in the playoffs and also Brendan Gallagher will be back from his injury. Carey Price and Shea Weber had injury issues at the back end of the season 
and will be question marks once the playoffs start. Both are expected to be at the starting lineup, but once the series starts, the question of how healthy will they be is still surrounding both players, as well as Gallagher. Deneau and Gallagher have to be on their best if the Canadians want to have any chance of beating the Leafs. They both can be key contributors for the Habs, and especially Gallagher is known for his playstyle, which belongs to the playoff hockey. The Canadians have deep lineup and surprising amount of skill. The first two lines can produce offense, and if Deneau and Gallagher can become their top players, Canadians have quite well hidden top six of Tomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, Brendan Gallagher, and the second line of Joel Armia, Philippe Deneau, and Charles Anderson. And also, if needed, there's Cole Caulfield, who has already provided the Habs with some offense. Their defense is also quite under the radar, with mostly defensive-minded demon, but have, for example, Jeff Petrie, who was 7th in demon scoring, and Eric Gustafsson, who was acquired from the Flyers at the deadline, providing some offense for them. At the end of the day, Canadians still are the underdog in this series, and they have same concerns as the Islanders. Which type of Habs will we see in the playoffs? They can be frustrating bunch who create scoring chances from the opposing team's mistakes, but at the same time, they tend to disappear completely and get overrun by their opponents from time to time. And the last thing I want to mention is the question surrounding the fact that how the Canadians plan to shut down the Leafs' firepower and how much offense really is there. Last matchup is the second seed Edmonton Oilers against third seed Winnipeg Jets. The season series went to the Oilers by the score of 7-2 and this matchup will be Connor McDavid and the league's number one power play against Connor Hellebuck. In a nutshell, if the Jets want to advance, they can take penalties and prevent McDavid from having the puck, which seems easy enough to me. And by the way, McJesus had 105 points in 56 games, which is on pace with likes of Mario Lemieux, Wayne Kretzky and Jeremy Jager. Absolutely unheard of in the modern game. In addition to those numbers, the Jets had terrible ending to their season and in their last 12 games they only came out victorious in three of those games. So the question will be how can they turn the tide after such a horrific run of games. One way to do so would be to break the backbone of the Oilers back end by wrecking the confidence of Mike Smith who has turned back the clock and played lights out for the Oilers. For the Oilers, the missing players long term are Zach Cassian and Oscar Glafbaum, but otherwise they start the series with relatively healthy lineup. Their depth has to step up their game if they dream of long playoff run this year, based just on the fact that it could become impossible for McDavid and Drysaddle to win every game for the Oilers. 
they have contributors in Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Tyson Berry, Darnell Nurse. But other than these guys mentioned, the other nine players in their roster must raise their level of play. They don't have the level of defense to make sure that they don't get scored on. So the two-way game has to step up to par as well when their top pairing is more oriented in the offensive side of the puck. The Jets have two names in their long-term injured reserve list, Nathan Beaulieu and Brian Little, who both will be out for the playoffs. Tucker Pullman and Andrew Kopp are currently listed as day-to-day, but both should be back when the puck drops. Jets need Kopp in their lineup since he has been one of their bright spots this season alongside another returning player Nikolai Ehlers who has been one of the best players if not the best players for the Jets this season. His contribution in both ends is really needed and especially his offensive production will be key in their success. Lastly two main concerns for the Jets are number one Is their defense enough to keep the Oilers' top two lines at bay? And number two, how can they overcome the disastrous ending to their season when they're facing one of the best players in the NHL history? The same first question can be asked from the Oilers after the first round because, like I mentioned, Barry and Nurse are more offense-heavy D-men and Adam Larson and Ethan Bear can be relatively solid defenders in their own rights but after those guys the Oilers lack the depth needed for a long playoff run. They added Dmitry Kulikov to bring physicality and defensive capability to their top six but I see him more as a depth piece rather than major contributor in their decor. So there are the breakdowns of the North and the East divisions. My prediction for the North Division are as follows. Toronto will eventually advance in five. Even though I would hope the Canadians could put up a fight. But the firepower for the Leafs is undeniable. And I don't see them crumbling after the additions of Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton and at the deadline Nick Foligno from the Blue Jackets. They have the depth to match Canadians and their top lines are nasty. So Toronto in five. For the other matchup I can see the Jets taking two games out of the Oilers but eventually Connor and the company will advance in the next round. So the Oilers in six is my prediction. This year's playoffs will be extremely interesting to watch based on the fact that the teams have only faced up against their division rivals. So it will be electrifying to see the teams from other divisions finally face up against one another. And I'm predicting absolute fireworks from the start to finish. And hopefully we will see the Stanley Cup champs safely crowned at the end during these strange times. But hope you enjoyed And thank you for listening. Next time we will take a look at the Central as well as West Division matchups. So stay tuned, stay safe. Until next time. Alright.